Hello everyone. Welcome to the Game Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Łukasz Ściga, and this show is about 3D graphics programming, low-level video game development, where we demystify game engines, rendering pipelines, physics, linear algebra, and all sorts of other obscure parts of game engineering. Sit back and enjoy the show. When you use 3D models in a game engine, you usually care about what format those models need to be in to be successfully imported. If you know for example that Unity can handle OBJ or FBX formats, once you have your model exported in this way, you can import it, add it to your scene, et voila, you can see your model rendered. You then might need to spend some time applying materials and so on, but let's focus on just the model for now. Game Engine provides you with two different kinds of positions, usually local position and world position. The first one is the position relative to the parent object in the scene, or to the root of the scene if it's the topmost object. The latter, world or global position, is the absolute position within your scene. If you change the position of an object that has children, their position is being updated as well. On top of that, Game Engine provides you with the cameras. These are special objects or components that you can add to your scene. During the game, you can switch between the cameras to render the scene from different angles. If you're sophisticated, you can render the output of the camera to a texture and use it for a portal or a weird mirror, or other effects. All of these features, local and global positions, scene hierarchy, and cameras, are abstractions for what happens under the hood, with the help of a graphics library. Today I want to talk about it a little bit. This might not be immediately useful, because these game engine abstractions are quite helpful, and you would rarely need to use the underlying concepts instead of just using the positions but it will deepen your understanding of what happens under the scene quite literally. You might then feel more comfortable when reading docs and encountering terms like view frustum. Moreover, this will involve a dirty trick that will blow your mind. This trick is responsible for using 4x4 matrices in graphics programming instead of 3x3 matrices. But in order to understand that, you need to make sure that your linear algebra skills are up to date. I will do a quick refresher, but first let's recap what you're searching for. Remember, your goal here is to find a mathematical way to transform a set of 3D points constituting your model, to move it around the scene and to scale or rotate it relative to the center of the model. Moreover, these operations need to be easily stacked on top of each other. That's what the scene hierarchy requires. If I have a child object of a parent object that is moved 10 points from the center of the scene to the left, I need to apply the same operation to my child object as well before I render it. On top of that, we will need an operation that will transform the points so that they imitate this being looked at effect from a given point. That's what the camera needs. Ideally, You also need a way to apply perspective to the scene. Objects that are far 
need to seem smaller than objects that are close. Okay, now the time has come for linear algebra. You express a set of three points by a three-dimensional vector. You have probably seen the vector three classes in the engine already. Technically speaking, a 3D point is not a 3D vector. You can add two vectors together, but you cannot add two points together. But we're not gonna go with this mathematical approach to first define everything precisely before talking about it. That's why we're gonna mix and match vectors and points as they are both expressed by the same vector 3 class in the engine. Having multiple vectors, you can group them together and form a matrix. Matrices can be multiplied together and the result of this operation will be a matrix. Okay, let's start with scaling. You have a 3D model, which is essentially a set of 3D points. For the purpose of the example, we can think of a triangle as our model. So you can deal with three distinct points, but the rules will apply to any number of them. Your model can be expressed as a 3 by 3 matrix, with each column being a vertex of the triangle. Now we want to scale it up. We can do that by multiplying it by another vector. Imagine that we want to stretch the triangle in a horizontal and vertical directions to make it twice as big. This means that the coordinates of the points need to be multiplied by 2. If we want to stretch the triangle vertically, but squeeze horizontally, we would need to multiply y coordinates by a number larger than 1 to increase it, and multiply x coordinates by a number between 0 and 1 to decrease it. You need to do this operation for all of the points in the model, which we can express by a matrix. Luckily, we can express the scaling operation by a matrix as well. This means that if you multiply a matrix that holds your 3D points by a matrix that encodes scaling operation, you end up with your 3D points scaled. The scaling matrix has values only on the diagonal, all other values are zero. The diagonal values encode the scaling parameters for all of the axes, x, y and z in that order. This was quite detailed and it might have been difficult to grasp only by listening. The key takeaway here is that once you express your 3D model as a matrix, you can create another matrix which encodes the scaling operation, multiply them, and if you were to render the transformed model, it would be scaled. Scaling matrix is a 3 by 3 matrix. So far, so good. Now, rotation. It so happens that the rotation can also be done through multiplying points of the model by another matrix encoding the rotation. Depending on the axis you want to rotate around, the matrix looks a little bit different, but it always includes the sine and the cosine of the angle you want to rotate your model. You can look at the exact matrices on the web by searching for a 3D rotation matrix. Both scaling and rotation can be expressed by multiplying the initial matrix constituting your model by another matrix. Matrix multiplication is an operation that can be distributed across the cores easily and computed simultaneously and added together to form the result. 
So far, I have been using the triangle as an example. Now consider Geralt the Witcher or any other 3D game protagonist. Such models have tens of thousands of points. Each frame, their position will need to be recomputed. The ability to compute the positions in parallel to distribute the workload across GPU cores is what makes it an irreplaceable part of graphics programming. It's all about multiplying the matrices. Now, let us face our nemesis, the last piece of the triad. Apart from scaling and rotation, there is one last common operation that is seemingly the easiest one. The translation. The root of all evil and one of the causes for 4x4 four four matrices. What's that awful about it, you might ask? Well, let's walk through it. You have your triangle, three points. You want to move them by some amount to the right, let's say by five. You need to add to X coordinate a number five. You need to add it. How can you express it by matrices? You have your matrix with columns and coding points and another matrix encoding the vectors that need to be added. Added, mind you, not multiplied. You need to add the same vector, the translation vector, to each of the points. Now, in and of itself, that's not a big deal. In a vacuum, though. Once you get to the real scenes, you realize that these scaling, rotation and translating operations are prevalent. There is a ton of them. Try to be a renderer for a second. It's not an easy life. Imagine a scene with a 3D character holding his fist in the air. Where do you render the fist? Well, it depends where the arm is. Arms of the character can move, so you don't know in advance. So we need to track down the position of the arm, and then you can render a fist. Okay, so where is the arm? Well, the arm is near the torso. And torso? If we consider a torso the root of the character, then the character is standing somewhere, maybe on the road, in the village. Where is the village? Hopefully, it's a root of your 3D scene. To properly render a fist, then, you need to start from the root and apply all of the translations, scalings and rotations to the village, then to the character's torso, then to the arm, and then to the fist. If you can express each of the operations as matrix multiplication, you can easily distribute the operations, run it on different cores. If you were to include addition, then your algebraic formula grows bigger. You will need operations in order, and you can't truly parallelize them. If you can't picture that, take a piece of paper and write the algebraic formula for alternating multiplication and addition and see what happens. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the dirty hack. If you're someone like me, when studying in school, you hated doing some of the mathematical proofs because it all seemed dishonest. You know where you're trying to get. You know that the thing you're trying to prove is true. At least, that held up for high school and university proofs. The only thing you lack is the steps to get there. This is a similar situation. 
You know that the translation results in an addition and it ruins your beautiful world of matrices on matrices multiplying themselves and creating new baby matrices. The only thing that stands in your way is this God-forsaken addition that you want to get rid of and replace it with multiplication. How can you do that? Well, what if you bend the rules a little bit, huh? Maybe you can hide the translation somewhere kind of close. What if you, well, expanded your 3D points to be actually 4D, kinda, and have just once as the fourth coordinate? You then prepare a 4x4 translation matrix with ones on the diagonal, zeros everywhere else, and in the fourth column, instead of zeros, you put the translation vector. If you then multiply now 4 by 4 matrix of your now 4 coordinate points by such a weird 4 by 4 matrix, having the last column encoding translation vector, it will so happen that the result would be a 4 by 4 matrix with the points translated in the proper direction. Just like that. You cheated, but you've got the job done. And that's the only thing that matters. You kind of broke the scaling and rotation a little bit. They now need to be 4x4 four four for matrix multiplication to work. But hey, you're no stranger to cheating. So you add a fake row, fake column, all zeros except the one on the diagonal. And there you go. Honestly, I don't know why that bothers me that much. I think it's both genius and not fair at the same time. I don't know who is being cheated on really. After all this technique allows better performance, somehow it feels weird. But anyway, that's one of the contributors to 4x4 matrices in graphics programming. If you like more cheating, note that since the translation matrix is pretty much empty apart from the last column, and the scaling matrix has the values in the first three columns but fake values in the last one, you can merge both matrices into one encoding both transformations at once. I've covered a lot of ground here, so let's recap what happened and what is still left to be solved. The aim is to understand what happens with the model points before they are ready to be rendered on a screen, which in other words would be what transformations are typically applied to the model. I've walked through scaling, rotation and translation. It was all matrix multiplication. I've also hinted towards why objects on the scenes are in the hierarchies. In order for the engine to know where to render the parts, it needs to track the transformations that happen to the parent. What's left is the cameras and how they fit into this picture. I will cover that in the next episode. Thank you very much for your time and attention. I am Łukasz Stiga and this was another episode of the Game Engineering Podcast. See you in the next one.